0: Now they do. Now, now they, they do. do. Yeah, but now, it, of course, but I was so allergic that I got yeah. that. and yeah. Because I didn't want to do the mental thing, because the mental thing would mean that you would have a lot of problems getting jobs later
1: on. True. <laughs> True. Yes. Sorry for saying, Sorry. Media presents the PER Podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kerpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek.
0: Hello, this is Dr. Yola Kerpenstein, and this is the Purr Podcast.
2: And uh, um, this is Dr. Susan Little, who's <laughs> laughing because you just, you like, you just jumped right in there. You didn't even like leave a, a space.
0: And this will be so difficult for Ben to cut. And I need to, once again, a big shout out to Ben, who is our production manager, uh, extraordinaire who does all the podcast uh, productions, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, and And so when when we do like three, two, one, and then a pause, it's very easy for him to cut right there. And if I do it like that, it's just really horrific. So I'm sorry, Ben, but uh, thank you. And manages. thank you for showing up for the per podcast. very exciting episode this week because we are going to talk about a very important topic and yep. that yep. is the way I am. allergic yes. yes. to cats.
2: I thought this was a topic made for you, Yola. there's there's a, a a couple of articles like review articles on this that just came out. and when I saw them, I thought we should talk about this because this is Yola.
0: <laughs> I really appreciate that. so First, I appreciate that these articles come out. Uh, second, that we were discuss it. Uh, And I have a, at the end of the show, I have a question for you too.
2: Oh, uh uh-oh, okay. Yes. Okay, so we're gonna talk about human allergies to cats. And that was one of the first things I learned about you, Yola, like way, way, way back when, was that you're allergic to cats.
0: I know, it's very irritating though. And as a matter of fact, I'm also really allergic to the D word, Uh, but because, I live my whole life with these and not with cats. I have kind of a tolerance for uh. D. I have a little D myself right now. Yes, you do. Free yes. Chippy. Uh, and um, yeah, it's very frustrating because Chippy is now more popular on Instagram and uh, TikTok than I've ever been. And he only was on there for like two months. How's that possible?
2: Because <laughs> he's the cutest looking little d ever he looks like a puppy that is never going to grow up that's what he
0: (laughs) yeah and and interestingly i'm not as allergic to him uh, as I thought I would be uh, yeah. but for cats I'm pretty allergic because you know my parents never had cats I think my dad was allergic too so he didn't want to have a cat and I love cat. I totally love cats so when I go to my one of my best friends here in Lawrence mm-hmm. Kansas she has two beautiful two Norwegian forest cats yeah and I love those too but I do have to wash my hands and cannot touch my eyes and sneeze and take anti-allergic oh. medication etc etc but I think it has I to don't. do with desensitization, yeah,
2: desensitization. When, when did you find out like where was it before that school
0: or gender? oh this yeah, this is a funny story so i found out that i was allergic for a lot of stuff because in holland at the time that i was uh, 18 uh, I had to enlist into the army and it was mandatory. So it was man- mandatory enlistment. And there was two ways that you can get out of that enlistment. And Uh-oh. one was you were mentally deranged, <laughs> which was called S5, or you had a chronic illness and the easiest chronic illness to have was allergy. So a friend of my father was a dermatologist and she said, Hey, I'll just test you for, like 100 things, and there will always be something that you're allergic for, and we just tell them that you're so allergic that you can't do this, this military service. So oh, that was a great idea. So she did these little things on your arm, you know, and she did 30 on one side, 30 on the other side, and I had these long-sleeve things on. And 20 minutes later, I was like, oh, my God, this itches. You know, this is really weird. Um, and so I had my long sleeves on, so I couldn't see it. And then I went back to her, you know, into her room after 30 minutes or something like that. And she, you know, uh, Pulled your my, of, of, I took off my shirt and suddenly my two arms were like bright red. And uh, so she said that I was allergic to everything except for horses and rats.
2: Well then. Wow.
0: And for cats was one of the biggest ones. So cats was, I was really allergic for and dust mite and all the trees and whatever, whatever. whatever. So, um, but uh, rats and horses, she said, you know, the good news is you're not allergic for rats and horses. Um, So you can be a horse doctor or a rat doctor. However, you know, you might be not allergic because you have never been in contact with them.
2: Yeah. So did the Dutch government know that you were doing this kind of, you know, behind the scenes attempt to get exempt?
0: <laughs> now they do. Now, now they, they do. do. Yeah. But now, it, of course, but I was so allergic that I got yeah. that. And yeah. because I didn't want to do the mental thing, because the mental thing would mean <laughs> that you would have a lot of problems getting jobs later on. <laughs> True. True.
2: Yes. Yes.
0: So, and I'm, I, you know, I I'm I'm not a big uh you know
2: not a military guy.
0: No, not yeah, really, that's
2: okay. No. Yeah. And, and
0: I I have lots of respect for people that do it.
2: Oh gosh, yes, and, yeah.
0: And uh, and, gosh, and yes. meet them and that sort of things, but yes. uh, you know the it was for in Holland was kind of a waste of two years.
2: Well, yeah, because we're yeah, exactly. Was
0: a and now they don't have it anymore as a matter of fact. it's not mandatory, ah, yeah. It's voluntary and that works much better. But
2: yes, it's
0: but yes. that was my allergy story
1: just to
2: oh. Okay. Well, there you go. Hmm. Yeah. So um, in, in addition to Eola's allergies, as I mentioned, a couple of reviews have, and they're published um, electronically. So uh, they're in the journal of feline medicine and surgery, which we love.
1: Yes. And they're,
2: they're in what they call the online first. So before they actually get incorporated into a journal issue, they're available electronically first And so they just recently came out and they are done by um, a person that Yola and I both really like and respect a lot. And that is Dr. Andy Sparks,
0: Mm -hmm. who is
2: a cat specialist in the UK. Yeah. And so he did these two um, literature reviews on human allergy to cats. So the first one is called A Review of the Impact on Cat Ownership and Relinquishment. And the second review says it's a review for veterinarians on prevalence, causes, symptoms, and control. And I, they were a very interesting read um, for me. And I think even though this is kind of a human disease, veterinarians get definitely get involved in this. And these days, because of a particular product that's on the market, we get in, involved in it even more.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: I'm really glad that Andy Sparks um, did these reviews they Absolutely. are they are really interesting. so and I like that he spent some time that, that first review is the the essentially the impact on the human animal bond, right? and And uh, he was looking at the literature that's uh, published that speaks to um, uh, basically, do people give up their cat because of allergies? or do people avoid adopting a cat? Um, because of allergies. Um, And so there's not, it's not like there's a ton of stuff published, but there is some very interesting stuff published. So he did a really nice review of that. Um, And it kind of fits with what you were just saying, Yola, because he pointed out that up to 20% of adult humans are allergic to cats. And that number seems to be going up um, every year. And that when you have allergies to like cats and dogs, people are, seem to be more allergic to cats than dogs. So cat allergies seem to be worse.
0: It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah.
2: That sounds like it's the case for for you um, too, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it's an interesting um, field because the there are, I think, six or eight different feline allergens that they have isolated. But most people are um allergic to only one of them it's called feld1 or feld one it's that mm-hmm. allergen and so what's interesting about that is we still don't know why What what's the function of that protein in cats like nobody really knows it's allergenic to people but i'm not sure that's why cats have it i'm not sure it's a deliberate attempt to make themselves <laughs> allergic to people so yeah. it probably performs some function but we don't know what it
0: is not yet
2: not yet. Yeah. But it's been known for a long time. Right. So it's not a newly discovered um, protein in cats. So it's kind of uh, but, you know, there's probably all all kinds of allergens like that, that we don't really know what um, what the uh, what the, per- the the original function of them of them is. So um, so and he-
0: if I remember it well, wasn't this, you know, I always thought that was like dendra from the cat, but it's not dendro. Mm-hmm. It's in the saliva, isn't it?
2: Yeah, exactly. So that's one of the things that is um, still a misconception Um, and it's one of the things that these articles point out that that um, uh, allergen is in high levels in uh, saliva and i think sebaceous glands too Mm. but probably for people it's contact with saliva now now the dandruff does play a role right because cats spread it all over their body when they groom but then they also shed hair and they shed shed dandruff right and so the allergen is on the hair and the dandruff too yeah yeah
0: yeah. But it's not originating from the dandruff. Because you know when, yeah. when you think about house mites and that's sort of, and dust, yeah. you know, yeah. that's what you inhale. And that's why people, but I mean it's really the saliva on the yeah. dandruff that causes the, yeah. the allergy. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. But you know, the 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 reviews point out that those little particles of dandruff can hang around in the air and they're small enough that you can breathe them in and oh, they yeah. get into your lungs, right? Yeah. So Okay. You don't even have to, like, physically touch the cat. You can yeah. breathe in this allergen that's carried on these microscopic dandruff particles.
0: And that's very clear because, you know, my allergy is a lot worse, of course, when I touch the cat and then yeah. I put it near my face, that sort of yeah. thing. But I'm also allergic when I go into a home where there is a cat and I don't even see the cat. You know, if the yeah. cat has yeah. been there, I, I get allergic. I get runny nose and eyes and that sort of thing. So, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. And he, he reviewed some studies that show that it's the allergens in this case, it's cat, but it could apply to any, any allergen, really Um, they get carried on your clothing and on your footwear. So like school rooms, for example, often have enough cat allergen in them to potentially affect allergic kids, even if there's never been a a cat in the school room. Mm. So the, you know, we carry the hair and the dandruff with us um, so we can be little vectors, I guess, where we contaminate other environments um, as well. So it's uh, they they say that cat hair and the dandruff are just ubiquitous. They're everywhere. But obviously, they're going to be higher concentrations in your house if you own a cat. Yeah.
0: So what did they do in this first article? What did so he talk?
2: About? The, the first one was really just a review of like the reasons what's the impact of allergies on cat ownership? Um, So he reviewed some studies in in, uh, different groups. So one group was um, a few studies on why do people avoid getting a cat if they want a pet why would they not get a cat, for example. Um, And uh, and he was particularly looking at uh, how often did they say it was because they're allergic because obviously there's lots of reasons, right? Maybe they don't like cats, maybe they don't want to deal with the litter box, like whatever it is. Yeah. But there's always a proportion of people who say it's because I'm allergic. And it ranged from anywhere from 6% of the people up to 36% of the oh, people. Wow. So it can be a considerable you know, chunk of people who's, who just uh, may, maybe from past experience, right? They just don't get a cat. And the same holds true when people give up a, a cat to a shelter so he looked at studies to see how often did people say, I have to yeah. give up my cat because I'm allergic, right? And there's a little bit more, well, there's, there's more studies on why people give cats to shelters. And some of them do um, include the causes. So he's got a longer list of those studies. And that ranges from like about 5% to 20%, depending on the study you look at. People say, I have to give up my cat um, because of allergies. But, what balances that out is that several studies have shown that even though your doctor tells you, you should give up your cat to get better control of your allergies, the yeah. majority of people won't do it.
0: Really?
2: They won't do it. Yeah. So, um, and that, that's important. It's important to, to recognize because that means that human-animal bond is strong but it also means they might need support from the veterinarian, and they certainly need support from the physician, right? So if they make that choice, then the physician needs to know how to support them, even though they made that choice.
0: Yeah, you probably need to have, think about ways how you can decrease yes. the number of allergens near you. Yes,
2: yes. And so that's a lot of what he talks about in the second um, review. So, you know, it's, it's kind of an inescapable fact that the majority of people won't give up um, a pet, um, and it, it seems to hold true for dog allergies too. That the majority of people just won't give them up. Their bond with their pet is so strong that they would they would rather um, keep the uh, the pet and and try to deal with the allergies. So I mean that that's that's a, a fundamental part of human nature that you know I I think that is important to uh, recognize. And veterinarians. Um, not that we're treating their allergies, but in terms of the cat itself, we can certainly advise owners on ways to decrease the impact of the cat itself, Yeah. right? And we might know more about that or maybe we should know more about that than the physicians, right? Who who would be using um, uh, pharmacotherapy, right? So antihistamines and then maybe even immunotherapy to desensitize. So I think our role comes in is what can we do to help the owner with the cat itself?
0: I think it's important to stress that there is various ways of dealing with allergy for cats from a human perspective, obviously from a cat perspective too, that go from the extreme, you kick the cat out Mm. to, you know, you keep the cat with all the things that you can do to decrease the allergy level and you know if I look at myself I take anti-allergy medication every day yeah because I'm so allergic but it's not because of the cats but it's because I'm allergic to everything (laughs) everything It used to be only like in the spring, but now it's just during the year, which is fine. I, there's no side effects of those uh, mm. drugs at all, but uh, um, but yeah, so there's there's multiple ways and you don't always have to say immediately or you have to get rid of the cat. That's really- Yeah,
2: and, and my impression from dealing with cat owners for a couple of decades now is that um, in years past, th- that was often the only advice the physician would give the cat owner would be just get rid of your cat. Um, yeah. They really didn't have any other advice on um, decreasing the impact of the cat uh, on their on their allergies. And my my impression is the needle's moving a little bit. And these days, we're a little bit more likely um, to see physicians um, trying to help the owner who decides that they definitely want to keep the cat. Yeah. Uh, not enough, though, I, at least, you know, in my limited um, view of the owners that I deal with, um, still not enough physicians know enough to help people with that. And there are some studies showing that you may get acceptable control of your allergies using some interventions without getting rid of the cat. So it may be possible. And I think this is where veterinarians, that that game, that's where we can play our role. We can help with those cat focused interventions that the physicians might not know so much about.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's really cool.
2: Yeah. So I think that's important. And there is at least one kind of new thing um, that's kind of come out too, but we should probably um, talk about um, a couple of sort of cat focused things. Oh, one of the things I, I forgot to mention is that male cats that aren't neutered are the biggest producers of allergens.
0: Okay. Yeah. So
2: unneutered then, male cats.
0: So, so then means that this protein probably has to do something then with, I mean, that makes it Could more. Be.
2: Yep. Could be. Oh yeah could be some reproductive or reproductive behavior involvement hard to say but it is um unneutered males there's not a good reason to get your male cat neutered as if you didn't need another one but there's <laughs> <laughs> cuz they're smelly and they're noisy
0: right so, i've already had 10,000 reasons to do that <laughs> but this is 10,001
2: yeah it's 10,000 and um and 1 so so that the second article which is um uh, a review of uh, symptom, like uh, people's symptoms, but not that that is uh, very mysterious. Well, to what that's like, but a lot of information on um, what the veterinarian's role can be in uh, uh, when people want to keep their cat, but um, they need help to reduce the uh, the the impact. So, one of the things that they that's also pointed out is even if you do decide to give up your cat it could take up to six months before, because the cat allergens are still in your environment, right? So unless you do some type of like aggressive deep cleaning, it's going to take months and months.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, because like I said, it's in the air. everywhere. I have a question for you. So this is for every cat or is there various, because you always hear about cat breeds that are less allergic or, you know, if I have a tiger, should I be as worried about... (laughs)
2: Well, if you have a tiger, I think you should be worried about other things than allergies, but even so. Yeah, um, this is so- probably
0: 10,001 reasons <laughs> yeah. not, to, reasons to, get to, not tiger, to get a tiger, but, yeah. you know.
2: Yeah, so there, they, uh, uh, so Dr. Sparks did review um, that aspect because, it, again, you're right, and probably all veterinarians have heard, you know, people say, oh, like, you know, um, the one I hear all the time is Siberian, the breed, the Siberian cat, that they're not allergenic, and he points out there's actually no data to support that. But it also may be that there's just not a lot of research into it either. So we have a paucity of research in that area, but you can't really, there's not really like empirical data at this point to say, you know, if you want to get a cat, here's the breed you should get because it's the breed who's, you know, least likely to bother you. There's really no evidence to back up recommendations like that just yet.
0: Yeah, and we wanted to hit it. Well, you know, at first it was like, okay, it's cat hair, but we know that it's not because right. it's and dendro if that maybe right. does But so even the naked cats. No,
2: no, because you know. they they probably shed as much or more dander than yeah. any other cat, right? So that's not going to be a significant difference. So um, so he does review um, some of the things that have been recommended, and um, of course, one of them is to the bathe the cat. And I, this is one I remember from. You know, my first there as a veterinarian is bathe the cat, right? So the doc physicians would tell the clients, you know, bathe the cat um, regularly. Well, you know, there's very few cats you can bathe once, let alone regularly. So it's kind of stressful for the cat. Um, And it also points out that um, within hours of the bathing, then the cat starts to shed, you know, allergen into the environment again. So it's a very, very temporary Pause, right you and probably husband... should
0: have a constant mouthwash mouthwash for the cat because it's, it's saliva. <laughs> yeah so,
2: so, so in, in addition to being um like unpleasant for both owner and cat it yeah. really doesn't have the impact that um that you and, would like and, it to
0: have and, and and we could have guessed that because I, I i i know about so much research when when you talk about surgery and you know, the shedding of the human body for instance how much yeah. you shed for, you know yeah. minute or hour yeah. it's just unbelievable yeah. so then you take a shower and it's not going to stop that much shedding because you know within an hour you're shedding like crazy again so so that doesn't surprise me I have to say yep
2: yeah. yeah and so um he also reviews other sort of uh I guess common sense things, sense things you might think of like maybe the cat um, can never go into your bedroom like some some people can experience uh you know a reduction in their signs yeah. If the cat is kept out of their bedroom, it doesn't mean their bedroom can't get contaminated with dander, right, because it's in the air and it's going to come in on their on their own body, but it will be minimal. And for some people that helps, right, because, you, you know, you probably spend, I don't know, eight, 10 hours in a day, you know, in the in bedroom, right?
0: It probably helps if you have a positive, uh, uh, you know, pressure ventilation in your bedroom.
2: There you go. Install positive pressure ventilation systems. Yeah.
0: Yes. Because that's, you know, otherwise all the air comes in anyway, and it's difficult to, you know, I, I, I do think that, if you prevent the cat laying on your pillow, that probably helps.
2: It probably helps. And it, and it, it also probably depends on like how severe are your allergies? Because yes. there are some people whose allergies are so severe that they really should not be living with a cat because it's a spectrum, right? Uh, and probably most people are somewhere less severe on the spectrum and they, and they may get relief from um, keeping the cat out of the bedroom, for example, or like you, like trying to limit contact um, you know, not touching your, your face, washing your hands, things like that can be, can be helpful. But, you know, he also points out you know, the, we have to think of the cats, um, impact on the cat in all of this, right? Uh-huh. So, you know, if a physician says to an owner, so the cat has to be kept out of your bedroom now, and you can't pick him up or you can't touch him, that might indeed help the owner's allergies, but Dr. Sparks point out, points out what's the impact on the cat? and so he recommends that a veterinarian or a veterinary behaviorist be consulted to try to help the cat with that change and yeah. i think that's really good advice yeah.
0: and the cat might not want to be in your bedroom but yeah it might not hand, was, it might if it
2: was his favorite place right and yeah, i know yeah I know. so so i think it's really good advice and i hope more physicians think of involving veterinarians in helping clients make the uh, the changes that they need so and some of you um, uh, may remember, at least in North America, last year um, a new kind of food was produced that. Helped- well,
0: before we go there, I, oh. I just want to to uh, talk a little bit about table two, which is the environmental control oh, sure. utilized in cap oh, yes. management programs, and and these are all very logical. So yes. I'm not going to mention them all but it would be really good to go to this uh, article and to read about it because these are just general hygiene things there's some things yeah. that you could do uh, you know i don't like carpets in my bedroom right. which is probably a reason there is a reason for that because i'm so allergic and i need to clean the bedding very often because i'm allergic etc etc so there's a lot of things that you can do to yeah. decrease your general level of being allergic uh, and yeah and, and, and could they, be they probably
2: they apply to other allergens too, right? So Absolutely. a lot of these are not cat specific. And, and so the table does talk about things, you know, like um, uh, uh, carpets and soft furnishings are an issue. So maybe you want to reduce or remove them. And it uh, reminds us all, which we all should know, right? That your mattress really holds an amazing amount of stuff that if yes. you knew what it was holding, you'd yes. probably be horrified. Right. So we we need to be like turning our mattresses, um, replacing them periodically. Um, And of course, you know, HEPA filters, vacuuming. So it's a really good table of common sense advice that helps with all kinds of allergies in there.
0: Yep. No, totally. Totally. And I think that you're very rarely only allergic to one thing.
2: True. I've heard that. Right. You're you're often like you. I guess you're allergic to everything but horses and rats.
0: Yes. (laughs) And uh, maybe I'm allergic to horses and rats now,
2: uh, but not oysters. No. Oh, thank goodness.
0: But that's a different allergy.
2: That would be that would be horrible. Horrible. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Uh, yeah, tell us about the the new food.
2: Yeah. So I think last year, I always have to stop and think what year it is because the pandemic changed my whole concept of time. But I think early in 2020, at, at least in North America, I don't know if this food is available elsewhere, but. Excuse me. Purina came up with a food that I think the brand is Live Clear. I think it's Pro Plan Live Clear, L-I-V-E-C-L-E-A-R, Live Clear, and it's really um, pretty amazing technology, actually, when you think about it. So I can only imagine how many years of research went into this. So it's based on uh, uh, feeding the putting an additive in the cat's diet so that the cat will, will um, block the, 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 its own production of these allergens, so it will reduce allergen production. So essentially, it's like neutralizing it after it's produced, right? So I shouldn't say that it reduces production, but it, it reduces the amount of active allergen that gets shed into the environment. That's the better way to say it, right? So the cat still produces it, but it's going to be blocked by these antibodies that neutralize the allergen so that they, you know, they're not uh, reactive um, for people. So they they're using an anti-FELD one antibody that is um, produced in, uh, in chicken eggs. And so this um, ingredient is added to the food. And it's had a um, couple of studies um, published. So with impressive results in the pilot study there was almost a 30% reduction in active allergen um, produced. And then a 30% reduction might be huge Mm. in terms of impact on a lot of people living with cats who have allergies, right? It's pretty impressive. Um, uh, Another controlled trial found that uh, 80% or more of the cats had at least 20% reduction in the amount of active allergen they were shedding into the environment. And so the, the numbers are, are pretty impressive. And um, it, you know I would think that for all but kind of the worst people or the most serious cat allergies, that that could be a pretty si- significant reduction and uh, 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 have a positive impact on their ability to live with their cat. There's going to be variation, of course, from cat to cat, but... It, um, it's a it's a pretty impressive and i think scientifically interesting way to attack the problem
0: yeah it's 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 a bit unexpected huh, to oh. use uh, nutrition to do to reduce this so and yeah. uh, y- you know I'd, I'd love these kind of innovations yeah. Really
2: yeah i can just i'd like to know the story of how this idea popped into somebody's head right so you know, often there's a story about how, you know, somebody was at dinner with friends or out for a walk and this idea pops into your head and you like scribble it down and, you know, you go home and before you know it, it's a research project and uh, and here we are. So it is pretty innovative.
1: Mm. Um, the
2: product has been out for a while now, so there's lots of long term uh uh, data on feeding it. So I think they also make it in um, different versions. I think the first one was just for adult cats, but I think they've got versions for other life stages. Now, I, it might be dry food only, although I could be wrong on that. Um, and it's, you know, it, otherwise, it's a, a, a quality uh, a maintenance type diet for cats at, at these different life stages. And it happens to have this, um, this uh, added ingredient that makes uh, cats easier for people um, to live with. So there you go. And, and, you know, I don't hear, I don't hear this food talked about very much. So I'm uh, it's, you know, I'm always one, it always kind of um, makes me wonder why when we've got, um, I I guess that, you know, the marketplace is crowded, right? There's all kinds of foods out there in the marketplace, but it, it just makes me wonder how many physicians know about this and know that it's probably worth a try. Yeah.
0: I, I also think probably a little bit more articles need to come out mm. um, to, to, to really prove that it works in a, in a large cat study, you yeah. know, because yeah. most of the these articles are based on smaller sure. populations. So, uh, sure. but I, I agree with you that there is a disconnect between human medicine and veterinary medicine. And uh, so this, these are two really interesting articles yeah. that human physicians should read.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think so. Um, yeah. So any, any, a veterinarian or vet nurse technician that um, deals with a lot of cat owners, I think it's, you know, it's worth your while to uh, to read these. So they are in the Journal of Feline Medicine and Surgery. Uh, and if you're a member of the American Association of Feline Practitioners, or the International Society of Feline Medicine, then a subscription is part of your membership. And that's yep. a pretty big perk. Uh,
0: yes, a good reason to be part of these two organizations that are wonderful. Yes,
2: yes it's a pretty big perk. So, um, uh, yeah. Dr. Susan,
0: this brings us to the end of the podcast. And I haven't even had time to ask my question.
2: What's your question?
0: And so we probably should talk about this in the next episode is that lately, there's also been some research done about declawing in cats. And then... Uh, return of those cats to
2: shelters. Oh shelters. Yes. And
0: I think this is really cool because this is news that we're kind of waiting for, that we were always worried that if we don't declaw cats, that these cats will be brought back to the shelters more commonly. And that's not the case.
2: Yes. And so we're finally seeing some data. And um, uh, one of the most recent papers was actually out of Canada. So I think that'd be really good to for us to bookmark and and talk about in uh, an upcoming Podcast
0: cliffhanger for next time. A
2: cliffhanger, yeah. Okay, oh,
0: thank you, Dr. Susan. This is wonderful,
2: thank you, Dr.
0: And Yola. because I started,
2: <laughs> I get to finish. Yes, Yay. Yeah. okay. So, if you want to learn more about our episodes, check out our website at perpodcast.net. Um, I will soon have it completely up to date, and you can see all of our uh, guests. Um, uh, hopefully, we'll have more guests in the future. This, like. Pandemic, not being able to travel, is uh, kind of uh, impairing our our, uh, our our guest spots, but uh, we're working on that.
0: I love um, to talk to you, Doctor Susan. Oh, I know, matter.
2: I know. Yeah. So you can see all of our episodes there, and you can listen directly on our website or anywhere that you like to listen to podcasts. You will find us, and you will also find us on social media at Per Podcast.
0: At Per Podcast. That's it. That's how simple it is. Uh, So we talked about cat allergies. Yeah. And this was a really cool and interesting
1: episode, Dr. Susan. I thought
2: so too. Yes. So until the next time.
1: See you later. Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat, Clinical Medicine and Management, and August, Consultations in Feline Internal Medicine, along with three cats, she also admits to owning two dogs. And you can follow her on social media with the handle at CatVetSusan. Dr. Yola Kerpenstein is a diplomat of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently at Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at GVETSX. This episode is made possible by the generous sponsorship of the Take the Pledge Against Struvites in Pets Facebook page. Did you know there are three easy steps to treat bladder stones in cats with lower urinary tract signs? Step one is to take a radiograph and if there is a stone present in the bladder, step two is to use the Minnesota Urolith app for iPhone and Android to determine the most likely type of stone. Step three is to treat the cat for at least two to three weeks with an appropriate diet and see if the stone gets smaller. If so, keep feeding that diet until the stone is completely gone on follow-up radiographs. If not, check compliance with the owner and look for alternative treatment options. Thank you.